episode 74 of Running Matters. My name's Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Hey, I'm very well. Good way to finish off work. Yep. Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. Yep. A few beers and a chat. Our special guest today is Rob Coombe. How are you, mate? Very well. Thanks, That's, guys. Thanks for coming in. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Goo Energy, Ranala, Sydney Brewery, Gaimia Allied Health, Basecamp Altitude, T8 Run, Precision Hydration, and Fractal Performance Headwear. How's, mm. how's the base camp? Mate, yeah, it's, it's ticking along. Yep. Um, not too many races on the horizon, so there's not too much of that sort of stuff. But we've had some people in the door sort of getting getting high, yep. which has been nice. Yep. Yeah, no, it's starting to kick off all right. That's so. good. Yeah, good. I think we've some races in 21. I think it'll go gangbusters. So. Yeah, we need a few races, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How's your body pull up after uh, marathoning, mate? I'm good, mate. Uh, three weeks... Three weeks today it's been. Okay. And um, yeah, haven't done much. hasn't done anything over ten k, so just plodding away, you know. Did um did the lawn bowls go okay the other night? Lawn or? bowls is good. That's yeah. a that's a sensible sport that one. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's it's a slippery slope between a two forty one marathon and lawn bowls on a Thursday night. I mate. know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know which one I enjoyed most. <laughs> a couple of schooners while you very good. Roll some balls Sp- down. Speaking of which, should we try a couple of the sponsors' products? Yeah, Sydney Brewery Sydney have Brewery. come through. We've got a Pado Pale Ale and um, the Glamorama. Glamorama. And I'll tuck into a Lovedale Lager. Thanks, Sydney Brewery. All three. Yeah. Cheers. 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 All right. So I suppose we should have a chat, Rob. Now that you're here and relaxed. So uh, you were born in Stall in Victoria. So you were born to run if you were born in that area. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, really early days um, played AFL and um, with the brothers, and then um, you know there was no shortage of running opportunities in in Stall, and um, blessed with all uh, the uh, Ironbark trails out, you know, to the. Well, all, on all sides of stall, and um, obviously the Grampians, you know, were at the foot of the Grampians, so mm. some hills there too, which uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely got got used to. Yeah, did, did you grow up running on the on the hills up there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really lucky. Um, you know, I, I sort of uh, played my last year of football at you know probably twelve or thirteen, and I was. I was just too old for Little Ats. Mm. Um, well, I, I could have had one year at Little Ats, but when I went over to the amateur amateur uh, club, um, they said, look, you know, rather than just have one year in the amateurs, come and run with the seniors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, I, my first year I was coached by just a, a legend of the stall running scene, um, but he was flat out, you know, five to eight K flat out every training yeah. night. Um, and then the the next year I actually um, uh, started being coached by my science teacher and he was he was just ahead of his time. He he you know, he was doing stretching, he was doing Lydiard, you know, yeah. adopted a lot of Lydiard concepts, intervals um, rest days, uh, recovery, um, long run, long Sunday run was usually out in the Grampians and, yeah, and yeah. involved lots of hills. <laughs> so That's yeah, so built, built a lot of strength early and, um, and also, you know, he, he was, um, 
I think I was saying the other day, 1974, he had smoking banned in council meetings. Okay. So, you know, back then he was going to council meetings with a hanky over his, yeah. <laughs> over his nose and, and then got it actually voted out mm. of council meetings in 1974. So, yeah, he was, he was ahead of his time and, and you know, he, he was a guy that I just latched onto and, and um, probably picked up a lot of life philosophies and stuff like that because mm. he was just a real, real great mentor and, and great guy. It's the, it's the beauty of being a scientist. You can be ahead of your time, can't you? Oh yeah, but he, you know, there's so many things. Just like he was a, he was an environmentalist. He was, uh, you know, he he's, um, you know, again, seventy five. He sent a tracing of his foot to the US because he'd heard about this brand over there called New Balance yeah. that had variable width. Variable widths in their shoes, yeah. you know. So he was importing shoes. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, for for his own use. But yeah. you know, he was ordering them, you know, to be shipped yeah. from from the US in nineteen seventy five. Wow. And uh, and you know, um, he was subscribing to Runners World magazine. So he was, you know, seeing all the th- stuff that was going on, and it was a real boom period for running. You yeah. know, the se- yeah. mid seventies. It was just. You know, stuff was going on everywhere. So he was doing online <coughs> shopping before it was. Yeah, thing. exactly. Before cool. yeah, yeah, before it was cool, yeah. or, or or you know, um, the only way to shop. <laughs> having having rest days that would have been a dirty word back in the seventies, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, for sure. You in, know, in um, running slow. That's well, exactly. Soft, that's yeah, soft, that would have been soft, wouldn't it? Running slow. Yeah, r- running slow was was um you know, what he that's junk miles. Yeah, you know? yeah. and. Uh, all, all the the sayings, you know, um, but you know, it, I'm still running, you know, 45 years later. Yeah. So some good advice. That's, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. You look at some of those guys that were smashing themselves. Oh, There's yeah. no way they're running right oh, now. I, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have run way less than I have, mm-hmm. and they're just busted. Yeah. So I know plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good for business too. though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, stall, stall days, you know, only real. I joined the army at 15, so I only had, you know, a couple of years with Wardy, but, um, you know, he he just built the platform, I guess, for, for not just physiologically, but psychologically and, and, you know, all the rest of it. He, you know, just his principles, you know, he, he drove us to Bendigo and Ballarat and to Melbourne, you know, we, we joined Box Hill as a second preference club and uh in the summer we'd go down to track track uh, meets down there interclub melbourne interclub and you know compete for box hill which at the time had four thousand members so oh yeah you know this was uh graham crouch sort of era you know and uh you know he the, we'd have tim o'shaughnessy and and from glenn huntley and uh and crouchy Flogging it out over ten k on the mm. track on a on a weekend in Melbourne, you know, mm. it was it's just like it's unbelievable. It's yeah. hard to imagine those numbers. Four thousand mm. a big club, That's and amazing. and you know you'd have E grade. Yeah, they'd, they'd start off, you know, they'd get the PA would call up, you know, men's fifteen hundred E grade, men's fifteen hundred D grade. They'd mm. just go through the the grades, and yeah, it was just because of just so many runners. Why, why is that not happening? Why, why are they not 
do you an E-grade fifteen hundred meter races now? Oh, there may there may be in Melbourne. I mean the the scene the scene in Melbourne was just you know like as I said Box Hill four thousand members. Glen Huntley probably had two two and a half thousand members. Mm. Um, you know the Ballarat clubs. You know you go down and run cross country against you know Ballarat, which had I oh, know they must have had five clubs. Yeah, you're right. You know, in Ballarat. Five running clubs in Ballarat, you know. RCW, Wendaree, um, you know, and, and in my age group, there was a guy called Monaghetti, <laughs> you know, and, and there was another guy, um, Paul Snyder, who, who, you know, could have, he was, him and Monas used to battle it out for, for first and second, you know, while everyone else was picking up, <laughs> trying to get a podium or something. Yeah. Um, and um, and Charlie Davies, who, who, again, you know, he's a Ballarat athlete. Um, I think he he ran until he was about 18 and then he, he went and played AFL. I'm not mm. sure how he went after that. But I did see his name pop up in the Masters Aths um, some time ago. So, um, yeah. So around your community, was there like a, um, a prof- professional group, and was there an amateur group, and they yeah. they sort of they didn't didn't see eye to eye? Uh, I wouldn't say they didn't see eye to eye, but they they just didn't train it, together. They didn't. Yeah, there was no real uh, interaction. Hmm. Um, the the amateur club was over in North Park, which had a you know rubberized bitumen track, what they called a synthetic track, but hmm. it was a bit of a botched up. You know, rubberized bitumen in those days, and eventually got replaced with a synthetic track. Um, but the the pros all train down at Central Park on the grass. Right, is that um, where they have the stall? Yeah, gift? that's where they run the gift. Yeah, right. So, um, and it, it, you know, in my fifteen years in stall, I never went to the stall gift. Is that right? Ever. Yeah. It was only in, when I joined the army and went away, <laughs> and and you know, few of the boys in the army said. Let's go back to stall for Easter and and watch the gift. You know, mm-hmm. stayed at stayed at Mum's place and and uh, that was the first time I'd watch the gift as a tourist. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it was really interesting that that you know not not division, but uh, you know as soon as a young athlete sort of made any showed some promise, the pros would sort of be. Uh, you know, jump on them. Yeah, pull them over. Yeah, you should come down and yeah. earn some money. You know. Yeah. But there was that real distinction at the time, whereas you could either earn money or you could represent your state and country. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't there. So. Yeah, exactly. I was saying to Matt the other day that uh, um, uh, we were really careful as amateurs not to earn any prize money because hmm. just in case we made it to the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I love you, the optimism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a call up. Oh, that's right. You yeah. know, so but they were onto it, weren't they? Like, oh, at everything. Yeah. You know, and and um, even down to the fact that the in the running club, the end of year prizes were like a scalloped plate or a you know a, a salad bowl, pewter mug or yeah. a salad bowl or something <laughs> shit you like that. Shit you don't use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I think mine sat in the cupboard at <laughs> Mum's place for for years, and in the end, oh, oh probably. Probably not going to use this if I haven't used it no. by now. Yeah. So yeah, and you know you're relying on, you know, Beryl's tasting prizes. You know because Beryl. it was Beryl. That went was it Fanning and Beryl? Um, <laughs> oh no, she also owned the gift shop in town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it was you know I don't think I've ever used many of the things that I won. 
So let's uh, let's chat about your first marathon. You, uh, I believe you you did your first one when you were twenty three. Well, I, I did some fact checking and I was actually twenty. You were twenty when you did your yeah, first marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, it was an opportune, um, you know, trip that the army, you know, put out a, a uh, expression of interest for anybody who wants to go and run the New South Wales Championships, which also doubled as the Inter-Service Championships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was held out at Holsworthy. That was the, the New South Wales Championship course at the time. And I was in Broadmeadows in Victoria. And I thought, it's a trip to Sydney. Mm-hmm. I can run a bit. So, yeah. Have you, would, you would have nailed it, I'm sure. I've, I've run. First marathon. I've run 16 Ks before, so <laughs> what's another... Was that the, the furthest you'd ever run, 16 yeah. K? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd run 20k runs, you know, uh, training in stall before I joined the army. But right. that year, I, I hadn't set my mind on running a marathon, obviously, at 20. Hmm. I just saw the expression of interest and, you know, I'd probably been doing maybe 30 or 40 k's a week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, how, had, the first, had the first... 25 k's. <laughs> I think it's a familiar story with marathoners. <laughs> I was going really well up until 35 k, <laughs> where where I took my first drink, oh, and, that, really? and that obviously that wasn't good for me because it was the, the wheels was the, the wheels fell off yeah, 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 straight yeah. after that. Must have got a bad bit of water. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, so you know, had the black dots swirling around in front of my face and uh, leaning on white posts I was on I was on 245 pace <laughs> at, at 35k <laughs> and ran 311 yeah that's uh, pretty so buddy it's still good, good for your first pretty marathon. good so I lost uh, I lost 22 minutes in the last 7k yeah right yeah it does sound vaguely familiar <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Fortunately, they've ripped up a lot of those roads out the back of Holsworthy. And, uh, you wouldn't recognise them now. <laughs> so, uh, and then you went, how much longer until you did your second marathon? Um, I think I was 22 when I did my second one. Yeah. And because I, I thought that that wasn't a good way to finish my marathon career. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was 22 and I did the Halls Gap Marathon and ran 2.45. Wow. In his second marathon. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, so that's pretty impressive. Lessons. Yeah. Yeah, drink. Yeah, okay. Drink, drink water. <laughs> drink and yeah, water. Yeah, and I, I, read, um, I read, you know, quite a bit of stuff that Deke was doing at the time and he was um, he was doing a glucose, just uh, liquid glucose in water in your water bottle mm-hmm. um, and you know, about a five um, percent getting stronger. You know, and and however much you like it at forty k. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. was that and before sport? Yeah, or was stamina. No, was stamina. It was stamina, but yeah. you know, um, nothing. No, none of the um, you know the brands, Big brands sport yeah. drinks you can get now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I just that and I basically use that as my hydration for mm. for most of my marathons. You know. Yeah. They never got it any better, really, though. No. Stamina was, you know, groundbreaking, really. Yeah. Like, it had yeah. electrolytes, it had magnesium in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, yeah, but I, I just had the liquid glucose in, in water. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, um, did the, the old sauce bottle, you know, mixed up the sauce bottles and put flags and 
oh, yeah. banners and numbers and all that sort of stuff on it. So you yeah. pick your pick your water bottle at the drink station. Out of a barbecue sauce bottle. Sort yeah, of. yeah, that's yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Could you taste the sauce? <laughs> um, depends it... how well you washed it, yeah. yeah. Just but, a little bit of sauce there, um, the stamina? Sometimes a trace, yeah, yeah. yeah. bit of a trace. But, uh, <laughs> Didn't put you off? No, yeah. no, no. In fact, um, some of the sauce bottles that I used had never had sauce in them. I bought them new. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Nice. Mm, yeah. Smart. You're ahead of your time too, though. Oh, right? well, you know, obviously. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole table full of them, so I don't know that I was at. <laughs> everyone was doing it. Oh, everyone was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I love how that was the technology at the time, but everyone's still running 245 marathons. Like, none of that stuff has made any difference, has it? No. Well, Deke's, you know, how long, 35 years ago, whatever, Deke's still the fastest Australian marathon. Yeah. That's right. What's, what's wrong with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Derek Clayton, was it 60, 69? He ran 209 mm-hmm. in, you can imagine, the shoes, mm. you know. Mm. And um, alpha flies, <laughs> not quite. No, no. <laughs> alpha flats. KT KT twenty sixes were they around then or? Uh, we got uh, we got issued KT twenty sixes. Well, actually, when I first joined the army, we got issued Dunlop volleys. Yeah, right. and um, for and running purposes, for for all sports classes. Okay. You know, if you mm. if you went to any gym, uh, you know. Uh, PT where you did, um, uh, you know, running on the roads, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to look the same, so so you wore your you done lot volleys, and then once you sort of finished the first couple of weeks, they relaxed that, and you could wear your own shoes, but they had to be predominantly white, um, you know. <laughs> I used to have an obsession with white shoes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, which are really easy to keep clean. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> and and then so you got to you, you remember the old sand shoe yeah. whitener, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the foam. Yeah. it wasn't a roller; it was like yeah. a sponge, yeah. and you'd have to touch up your white runners yeah. to make sure they had no black marks and stuff like that on. So, so where the, where where did the KT twenty sixes come in? Um, KT twenty sixes probably in the eighties. Yeah, I, I probably only wore KT twenty sixes for parade, like dress parade. Uh, so they, they weren't considered a running shoe, but they considered a running shoe. I don't know. <laughs> no, they're a trail shoe. No, back a trail day. shoe. That's right. Yeah. They were ahead of their time. And a dress shoe, clearly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or Perth shoe. Yeah, no. The, the army does these things called change parades, where you, you know. You have to be dressed in, say, a polyester uniform, so pants, shirt, embellishments, um, boots, spit polish boots, mm-hmm. um, and then they give you, you know, three minutes to disappear and come back dressed in, you know, PT gear. And PT gear would be issued KT twenty sixes, your your olive drab socks, um, <laughs> you know, your. Uh, shorts and or t- or tracksuit depending on whether it was winter or summer, um, and then you know um, next you'd have to be in your your greens or your your cams camouflage uniform you know so they'd give you these. It sounds like a Colin Minogue concert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was say that. Yeah. Did you get really good at changing quickly? Well, yeah, but um, I guess being able to run, you you at least can get mm. into your room quickly mm. and uh, get a bit of a head start. Yeah. Um, 
but you you've just got to be you got to have a routine you know and and use that routine it's come in handy because uh, you know even working in the corporate office in town if you finish your you run in the morning it yeah. helps if you've got a, a quick, quick routine quick shower quick change yeah and um yeah absolutely life skills that's right exactly <laughs> right and if you ever have a stage career later in life you'll be fine <laughs> yeah that'll be don't delve too deep it could be a sideline it's early days yeah early days. so um while we're on the the topic of shoes we should go to sean at ranella oh, we should we'll yeah check out the diner asics diner blast right how do you like them? Wait, I'll, I'll tell Sean and then you'll know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the anticipation's killing me. We're here at uh, Guy Me Allied Health, funnily enough, but uh, we're, we're sitting here with Sean, the godfather, Tyndale. How are you, mate? Better now, Paul. Better. You know, you've, you've, you've straightened me up. Better now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're mixing, crossing streams here at the moment, but it, it all seems to work together. So we're here to chat about the ASICS Diner Blast. What can you tell us about it, mate? The Asics Dynablast is uh, a sh- obviously it's one of the shoes in the Blast range. You've got your Nova Blast and then you've got your Dynablast, which is a little bit lighter than the Nova Blast. Yep. The stack height on the Nova Blast is quite high. So the Dynablast is for that person who likes the sh- a shoe a little bit lower to the ground, yep. but still likes that soft, responsive feel. Uh, it's getting that runner to that mid to four foot strike. Um, efficient stride, quicker cadence, and obviously the Blast is their new Flight Foam Blast technology. So it's Flight Foam Blast through the midsole, which is a soft foam, but they use the analogy, it's got like a responsive trampoline spring effect to it um, through toe off. So it's giving you that sort of bounce um, it is a 12 mil stack height. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been running in the uh, Glide Ride, the which, glide is, ride, which yeah. is a 5 mil. Yeah. So you've gone from 5 to 12. Did mm-hmm. you? How did you find the transition? You didn't. It didn't. No, mate. I, I found them really comfortable straight away. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the trampoline bounce stuff, you know, yeah. suits an ex trampoline exactly. down to the ground. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, I think I was made for these shoes actually. Yeah. And I, I've really been enjoying that. Asics Glide Ride shoe, I found them fantastic, but I, I just found these a, a little bit more comfortable up top, and I think they really suited that mid to four foot strike, which is is me down to yeah. the ground as well. So, mate, I, I love them. I um I actually ran a bit of a COVID marathon in them with a couple of the guys from Running Matters and. Mate, they held up to the 42Ks Great. much better than my body did. Good so. to hear. Well, they're 35 grams lighter than your glide ride, which okay. you've been running in as well. And as you said, that that upper, that it's the knit upper is like a monosock construction. So it, it, it's designed to provide like a sock feel so that it moves with your foot as your foot expands and contracts. Yeah. It'll still provide that snug, responsive fit. Mm, and that's what uh, it felt like a yeah it felt like you had nothing on top there really yes yeah yeah now this is a shoe in the range as well for people who are wearing the asics diner flight at the moment it is on its way out okay and this is replacing the diner blast is going to be replacing the diner flight yeah so yeah it's as i said it's the stack height's a little bit lower than that Nova Blast. It's lower yeah. to the ground, so it's for that someone who, yeah, doesn't like those that stack height, high stack height. Mm. 
and just likes that little bit more responsive feel and, and lower to the ground. Yeah, mate, well, they, they, they certainly felt nice under the feet. Um, felt like they were giving me that little bit of sort of midfoot and forefoot support. I know they're a neutral shoe, but it certainly felt like it was pushing me in the right direction towards, uh, you know, big toe, toe off, which good. was, was good. really good. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the weight on them they certainly feel 250 250 grams okay so yep. so pretty damn light 250 grams and stack height's 28 16 okay so in the heel 16 so you, you've got that 12 mil stack height yep no fantastic and I, I sort of used them on on the track as well and they felt, okay. felt good yeah. running on the track i know you probably won't be able to race in them they're a bit too high there but as far as track training they were, they were great and, and and certainly felt really comfortable yeah. and cushy. reviews have been really positive so yeah one to look out for as i said i think that that flight foam blast technology you'll see sort of start to move in throughout a lot of the other ranges of yeah. shoes in the asics range um just giving you that that nice cushion effect but mm. still that responsive push off perfect. through your gate perfect um and so everyone can get down to Runella and have a look at the ASICS Dynablast. And uh, don't forget to tell Sean about Running Matters and for a little bit of a discount there. Yeah. And, and mate, I hear there's some big news in the Runella uh, family. What's going big, on? Big news in the Runella family. We are moving. Wow. We're moving, uh, yeah, after 13 and a half years yep. of being on the corner of the old Jolly Roger. Yep. Shop, uh, yeah, shop. we're moving to a bigger, bigger premises. Okay. So still in the main strip of the mall, mm. um, on the opposite side. So look out for us. We'll look at the uh, social media. We'll we'll let everybody know where we are. Sort of up towards the cinemas. Okay. On that that side. So good exposure up that end. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah it will be. be. It and will and be. so obviously you have to stay within Cronulla, otherwise the name becomes a bit exactly crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, so. yeah, can't. I'm stuck. I'm stuck with it now. Stuck in Cronulla. So <laughs> yeah. So no, Jen and I are very excited. New new fit out, bigger shop. Uh, it's it's twice as big as what we're in now. So uh, can fit plenty of shoes. Plenty of shoes and more more of the. Uh, Family of running Matters podcast. Oh yeah, we might be able to get in bigger for another, parties, uh, bigger, bigger, another bigger social gathering when it when, when it all. Fantastic, yeah. And, and when when does it look like uh, opening up? First of December. First of December. First of December, we're hoping uh, to be open. Yeah. Okay. Oh mate, that's exciting. So, yeah. Big new store for another. Unreal. You heard it here first. All right, we might head back to uh, to the boys and and continue our interview with Rob. Thanks, Sean. See you soon, mate. Thanks. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> that was a good chat. Yeah, it was. Sean was a good guy. Thanks for filling us in. Good guy. Anyway, yeah, just just to let you know, they were fantastic shoes. Yeah, well, you told us all about them. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, should we uh, chat about uh, the marathon at Randwick? So, there was a, a marathon back in the day. Can I use that term? And uh, it was from Randwick to San Susie return mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. relatively flat. And I believe that's where you ran your PB. Oh, yeah, uh, Anzac Day Marathon 87. Um, so the um, obviously the, the connection there is to the military. So um, obviously my favourite for, for, for obvious reasons, but uh, it was a, just a great course. Started at ES Marks Field and ran out um, what is now... Um, the Eastern Distributor, and uh, nice flat course, um, you fairly protected, 
and uh, it was on Anzac Day, so it was a great way to, you know, um, reflect and, and do something, mm. you know, to remember the old diggers and and something usually pretty demanding. <laughs> would, would they close the road for it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was all, it was honestly one of the best, best run marathons, you know, yeah. of run. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as I said, had everything well organised, good course, um, good good numbers. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so, good. And you ran your PB there? Yeah, Which, yeah. 236? Yeah. Pretty handy PB. Yeah, well, um, I, it, that's 87 is a long time ago. <laughs> I, I would have liked to have uh, improved on that because I was probably only, well, 87, I was 25. Mm. So, you know, you should have a lot of good running ahead of you at 25. Yeah. Um, but marathons are hard to get right. Mm. And, um, you know, I was in really good shape. One year, I think it was 98, I went to London with the, another army team to, to compete against the British Defence Force over there. And I thought I was in sort of 232, you know, pretty good shape. And, you know, we, it was nine degrees when they fired the gun and it was just a horrible day, <laughs> you know. In London, I can't Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> and, you know, we'd, we'd been down to the military base at Portsmouth for, for the week leading up to that. And um, we were eating Navy food. Uh, the, the wind and sleet in Portsmouth would just come in sideways so yeah. you know you're trying to train <laughs> trying to train in that it was um you know I, I've got heaps of excuses we've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. only got so much time yeah, yeah yeah but probably amazing. navy food was probably the the describe <laughs> the navy, navy food to oh, mass, navy mass food. produced slop okay. you know, yeah. um, I'm you picturing know. hospital food but Sounds it's much worse oh yeah yeah it's it's Hospital food on a grander scale, yeah. um, wow. and less care. Good lead up to a marathon. <laughs> it was perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> and, and quite heavy in protein and fat. Yeah, and just what you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends who you talk to, I guess. There's a bunch of clowns that wouldn't want any carbohydrates before a marathon. Yeah. Well, mm. Anyway, mm. Well, they are clowns. Do- doctors of philosophy. Yeah. So, like, you talk about excuses for that particular marathon, but what went right for that? PB in, in Sydney? Oh, well, what went right was a negative split. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm convinced that that's, you know, you've either got to run them as evenly as possible or you've got a negative split. Mm-hmm. Because people who try and bank time, for every minute you run too fast in the first half, you're going to lose two or three minutes in the second half. And that's the equation. Yeah, how do you use a pen? <laughs> yeah. I've actually had a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I, I cannot, look at my leg. I'm just glad we're recording this, Rob. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's heard it ten times over. Yeah, you just you just have to, you know. And I I really worked hard on the out, you know, on the on the course out to the turnaround to to get to the turnaround in in one nine. Uh, we had one nineteen. 50 something because mm-hmm. I, I thought I was in 240 shape yep. and then something happened on the way back you know I got to about 25 or probably even a bit later and I just got into a little pack of three or four and a, a rhythm 
and people just started coming back to us mm. and then psychologically you start feeling a bit better and I reckon in the last 10k I would have passed 100 people yeah. and yeah, ended right. up 14th you know 14th overall mm. um, and you know it was just you know and I think probably the, the sugar kicked in a bit because I had quite a strong sugary drink at 30 30k mm. And yeah, that thirty k, uh, the ten k from thirty to forty was my fastest ten mm-hmm. k split for the yeah. for the race, yeah. and sort of tightened up a little bit in the last two k. But you know, you're still, home. yeah, you, you, you're home. But um, mm-hmm. I've only really replicated that a couple of other times. I did did a two thirty nine in Melbourne in ninety seven, I think. Um, yeah, and and a couple of Gold Coasts where you know sort of finish strong yeah but um usually you you overestimate what sort of nick you're in <laughs> got no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called the male yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly right. um but yeah i mean um it, it it is for the for the average punter it's hard to get them right and i think you know if you go overseas and try and run a fast marathon overseas it's all you adding you're adding another layer of complexity to the equation mm-hmm. uh, because you're out you're not in your own bed you're you're yeah. eating foreign food you're you know in foreign uh, climate time zone um, stuff too. time zone yeah. don't know the course yeah yeah so um, there's a lot of unknowns if you do that I, I looking back on London I I probably preferred if I had have just enjoyed the experience <laughs> you know yeah. so. Um, and, and I think the other thing about marathons is that because you only run one or two of them a year, um, people think that I have to be right for this day, mm. right? And and so if they've got a little sniffle or if they've got, you know, a, a knee that's not quite right, well, I've... I meant it, you know. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't run it anyway. I can't yeah. not run. You train for six months. Yeah, that's right, yeah. you know. And um, and if you've got anything that's not right, the marathon will find it out. Yeah, that's right. So, you know. Left hamstring. <laughs> She's a cruel mistress. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, so you've got a pretty impressive record of you've run 30 marathons under three hours. Yeah, yeah. There's not too many people that could could have that claim. Have, oh. you, have you met Have you met anyone? I mean, Chris Trustrot might have it. He might be there. He's we be interviewed him. Yeah. yeah. Normally, people yeah. learn their lesson well before thirty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stop. I, I, I wasn't slow down. I, I wasn't smart enough. You know. Yeah. And and you know, I, th- I guess a lot of people who are around the two thirty to two forty mark, um, if you're not if you're not going to, and eventually I got to the point where I thought, well, if I'm not going to run a PB, mm. you know, why am I flogging myself over? Yeah, yeah, a lot of suffering. 2K, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I take my hat off to guys like Bobby Fickle, who's, you know, he's run 250-something marathons. Mm. And, you know, he, his goal is to is to eventually have run the most marathons. You know, well, that's mm. just, I, I honestly, I can't. I can't imagine running right. that many marathons, so, you know, yeah. that's... And that's... nor should you be able to imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think most guys, you know, I've got 
you know, mates who are well, way more talented, you know, than I ever was. And they, they you know, they've run sub 230s. But then as soon as they slowed to the point where they weren't going to run, you know, yeah. another sub 230, they, they said, well, what's... You what's switch off, yeah. Where that was my that was my goal, you know, was to was to run, you know, a sub two thirty and, and make it real de- really decent. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the ease at which which some guys seemed to be doing that, and I thought, well, surely that's not it's not such a big step, mm. you know, to do that. Mm. But it's a it's a yawning gap. Limiting <laughs> factor of physiology, not hard work. Uh, yeah, and and tolerance. You know, mm. I think my my body used to just break down at about you know 80 to 100 k's a week yeah whereas other guys seem to be able to maintain 150 160 k's a week mm-hmm. you know and do it year in year out yeah and and if you do that for a couple of years you're going to run quick mm-hmm. you know whereas That's the deciding factor is 160 k's they reckon if you're clocking that you, you you're running quickly yeah That's, yeah and not everyone can tolerate that like no so. it's it and and you know you got other life factors in there as well you know i was in a job where you know i could be sent out bush for six weeks you know and not mm. run mm. for for a six-week period where well, you mm. can't just come back and be running 80 k's a week yeah <laughs> so you got to start again build up you, you know. yeah you lose your fitness and your speed yeah yeah, yeah. so um you know uh yeah travel life lifestyle factors and all that sort of stuff, but you, you still manage to fit in thirty under three hours though. So you, you, yeah, you snuck them in there around the edges. Yeah, and for me it was, you know, where running has taken me. You know, I've I've run in every state in Australia. I've um, run marathons and half marathons overseas. I've been to New Zealand and ran in you know a competition between the Australian military and and the the New Zealand defence force in their road relays mm. over there, which is just a fantastic experience yeah you know and um and i think probably you know the running's a an individual sport but it's been where um you know i've competed as part of a relay team and and you know or a or a combined team you know the lake relay in melbourne Mm. the defense used to send teams down to that every year and it was just a great team you know team thing to do Mm. um the I'm not sure what they call it now, but it used to be called the Classic 500 Relay in mm. southern Queensland, which is um, Brisbane down to the Gold Coast, uh, west to um, Warwick, and then up to Ipswich, uh, up to Toowoomba, and then back into yeah, right. to Ipswich. It's a big square. It's 500 k's. Mm. And, um, you know, you, you just had the cream of Australia's running talent you know, or certainly Queensland's, mm. and then, you know, Pat Carroll would turn up and, you know, I think one year Sean Crichton and a few others have, mm. have turned up to... And it's it's frenetic because you're doing 5K legs and yeah. most of these guys are, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. just, you know, <laughs> in and out of vehicles yeah. and you're living on sugar, you know, just... Yeah. It's, it's hard that stop-start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. run and recover. And guys are, you know, guys are running... 15, 16 minute 5k legs like Seriously. throughout the depth of the team mm. they're, they're you know wow the slowest runner is, is a 17 minute you know 5k runner so okay. 
Yes, slowest. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and just like legend guys from up there, Dan- Dennis Fitzgerald and um, Nicky Carroll ran one year for for um, um, I forget. <laughs> I'll remember it shortly. Um, Not important. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, Ashgrove, Ashgrove Rangers. Mm. Um, you know, Don Wallace. You know, Don's Don's. Um, you know, he's a two twenty. Two or it might even be quicker. Two eighteen, uh, marathoner. He's you know <laughs> some competition. Oh yeah, you know. So yeah, um, you know. To me, it's that's the thing about running the running lifestyle is it just takes you places, and you know you you see a lot more of a place yeah, if you can run. You know? Yeah. So yeah, enter events and. Go, my, go my favorite thing to do when I get to a new town is go for a jog around yeah, and lay the yeah. land, and yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's easily the best way to see the sights. I remember um, doing a holiday to Tasmania. I just I was in the army. I took off on my own, went down there, and I rocked up to um, Wineglass Bay um, a bit late. It was probably you know three o'clock in the afternoon, and um, I went and saw the the. Um, ranger and i said oh i want to head up to top of the mountain there and then come down the back and around wine glass bay and then back here and he goes went tomorrow and i said no do it today Hmm. he goes mate it's a it's a six hour hike i said okay that sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) i just just got back before dark but you know um i was in the car and i'm on to the next place the next day but i yeah, you know, it seemed the, the done it. forget the mountain that overlooks Wineglass Bay, but you know, you 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 see those places. Yeah, um, mates and I that have gone down to Wilson's Prom, uh, and and done training camps down at Wilson's Promontory and run down to the lighthouse and, you know, it's just places that you just wouldn't get to see if you didn't if you didn't run. Yeah, so, no, that's right. Absolutely. And speaking of places that you don't get to see when you run, you did a uh, a run around Australia. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about that. It was an army team. Yep. And uh, you had to you had to qualify. They had a, a qualifying marathon or a trial marathon, and uh, you had to run a sub two fifty to get in the team. Mm-hmm. And were they how many were they taking? Like eighteen or twenty? Something? Yeah, twenty runners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the trial was the Anzac Day Marathon eighty six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, all the all the uh, Top army runners descended on Sydney and and ran the Anzac Day and then um, they picked a team based on on those times. So, so was it army like Australia wide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, <clears throat> who and I, I, you obviously ran your two sub two fifty. What did you end up running? I think that year I ran two. I think I ran two forty two. Yeah, two forty two. And uh, so, who was the quickest in the army? Uh, John McChrystal that year ran two twenty six. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. So he had a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Paul Van Lua was was um, probably low two thirties. Um, he he was a uh, a low 30, 30 minute ten k runner. Um, you know, quality. Um, yeah, I mean, right through. I mean. The guy leading the charge, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Batchelor, was a, um, I think a two thirty runner yeah. in, in his day. Yeah. Um, and he he still 
you know, even though he was the, the guy in charge, he still ran every leg that he was scheduled for, yeah. you know, over the course of the run. So, so he made it an, an exercise in uh, travelling. It was his idea. He dreamt it up and it was, uh, a fun, it was a fundraiser for the cancer? Yeah, a fundraiser for the Australian Cancer Foundation. And um, I think we, we managed to raise half a million dollars in wow. you know, 1986. Yeah. So yeah, a significant amount, um, and uh, you know we had some significant sponsorship through Forex and uh, Nissan provided all the vehicles, QBE insurance put in, you know, just uh, cash I think, um, and yeah. Adidas provided us our extremely fashionable uh, <laughs> clothing yeah. and, <laughs> and shoes and shoes yeah. and and that was a problem for me because I'd been I'd been wearing you know predominantly Asics or New Balance and um, or Tiger they were mm. <laughs> I think even yeah. back then uh, and um, and I, they gave us I think the shoe stock that we got was probably you know leftovers or or you know Mm. stuff that wasn't selling very well you so got the, you got the break dancing batch well no no not quite <laughs> Were pumps? not quite but uh i got a pair of adidas marathon which were mm. a um a dark blue or sky blue shoe with a really heavy black sole um that that had like a wedge out the back and um and it was designed to like as a shock absorber yeah, oh, yeah. but Oh, an extra, an extra piece off the back off of the, the shoe. Off the back of the shoe, yeah. Perfect. So there was a lot of companies... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of companies really um, experimenting with heel technology yeah. in those days. Nike brought out the, the LDV, which was a waffle sole, um, and it had a flare in the midsole and then a really wide sole at the back. Space shoe. Yeah, and, um, and that, that was for stability. Yeah. And then what they found was that the pronators were landing on this wedge the and then just going bang you know rolling in so they, they ditched that idea you know it was really funny to see all the dip but but yeah adidas's version of of cushioning you're in that, to, you're in the experimental shoe yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well no that? no they were, they were really popular deke had worn them you know deke had worn them in a marathon international marathon um but they just didn't suit me i, I my calves just tightened up really badly and um to the point where i was i was seeing the physio we had a physio traveling with us and i was seeing the physio you know almost after every run mm. and and i mean we were traveling as well like it, 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 all of our legs um you know we divided up how far you had to run each day mm. by the number of runners mm. and and that was how far you ran to each day so up the populated areas of the east coast it was only like six or eight K a day but it, you had to run at four minute k pace yeah so you know we weren't mucking around it was it was you know um and and a lot of the time i'd i'd start off at you know 430s and and have to really speed up towards the back end of my leg because you're so simple. just to yeah just to get my calves moving mm-hmm. and then i'd be stretching and on the on the table you know getting the physio in but um in the end uh, I said, look, I'm going to buy buy a pair of shoes. I don't care if I'm not wearing the sponsor's product. I'll, I'll buy a pair of shoes. And as soon as I as soon as I changed shoes, I was fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, 
I can't even remember where it was, or Darwin or somewhere, I bought a pair of New Balance and I was okay. So. Yeah, it's amazing that that uh, technology hasn't continued on into 2020. Mm. Well, I think the heel striking technology. Yeah, mm. well, I think you know the the compounds and stuff like that. The other funny thing that I think's happened in shoes is that you used to wear out the sole mm. of the shoe, and we used to get this product called shoe goo, and mm. you you'd actually paint it on the bottom of your um, shoe to repair the hole in the in the sole. Oh, right. Because the upper didn't change. Because, yeah, the upper held together, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I can't remember ever in the last 10 years wearing out the soles of a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the compounds are so good now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's the midsole that goes flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they, you, they end up lawn mowing shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the main sort of group, yeah, you had a team of how many were in your team and you ran average sort of 10Ks a day? Was that yeah, um, the 20 runners was divided up into five teams of four yep. and we had a, a little Nissan Irvan each which we, we lived out of for three months and um, and yeah, you just divide up however far you had to run that day by, by 20 and that's... So up the East Coast, a lot of the guys were doubling up, you know, because it mm. was only six or eight K, they'd sort of double up and run together. Um, and the the way it worked was that you had you had a runner roster, and then you had a safety vehicle roster, and all the vans were fitted with flashing yellow lights. So when you weren't running, you were safety vehicle. Um, and then there was another couple of teams who were on social roster. So when the runners, you know, forty k out of town or whatever. Um, They'd go into town, go into the civic reception or the the whatever function was organised. CWA ladies used to put some ta- on. tables of scones and sandwiches yes. and stuff like that. There's plenty of photos of guys running past the table, you know, runners <laughs> taking a, you know, a um, tuna tuna and lettuce sandwich uh, <laughs> on the way past. I, I believe uh, you got there, there was a dare someone in your team. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, we're, it was somewhere in the outback. I think it was in um, Northern Territory somewhere. Uh, we, we set off pretty early um, in the morning and uh, we went past a wayside stop and, and some people were camped in the wayside stop on the side of the road and um, Glenn Norris had just... Um, he was at the, that wayside stop ready to take the baton, you know, uh, for, for his leg. And um, yeah, the the people that were camped there said, you know, if he can if he can eat a sausage and down a beer um, while he's running at four minute k's, we'll give you we'll give you twenty bucks. <laughs> so uh, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, and and the twenty bucks went in the tin. So uh, do you reckon you can knock that one off? No. Yeah, you could. Oh, I don't know. A beer at four minute k's. Yeah, I reckon that's doable. Well, they have the beer mile now, of course, which... Uh, yeah, that's... Well, yeah. we've actually got a date. It's happening. <laughs> we've actually got a date for one in about right. three weeks. Okay, so, yeah. are you in, Rob? So oh, put... absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just up at Southern Track. We're oh, gonna, yeah? We're going to do a beer mile, yeah. Okay. Interested? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is yeah. it an official Running Matters event? It is now. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
we just made it one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. But so, yeah, there were there were a few. Uh... So tell Forex, like having having a beer sponsor would have made it a bit more fun. Yeah, absolutely, and and um, there seemed to be forex available wherever we went, you know, and uh, you know, classic um, anecdote was uh, in in South Australia where you know usually it's Southwark or West End mm. available, and um, you know we're in Port Pirie or Port Augusta or somewhere like that, and and doing you know our social responsibility, which most of us would quite adept at that Um, and in the local pub of course uh, no forex available and we at that time the the forex rep was actually traveling with us for part of the trip so um, made a few calls and all of a sudden there's a pallet of forex at the pub turns up at the pub (laughs) and uh, you know so, um, what do you do? Is it what fair do you to do? say that uh, you, you might have started some mornings a little bit hungover? Is that is that reasonable? Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, not not just me. I mean, um, you know, we, were you a team? We were a team, and and you had to represent. Yeah. In all aspects. Yeah. So um, you know, one a couple of memorable places were. Um, uh, Port Hedland, where um, we we came into the cenotaph, we ran into the cenotaph at the um, in the middle of town, and um, you know we we were introduced to the crowds there, and then um, we were hosted to dinner at the at the RSL that night, and we were all buddied up with uh, an ex digger. To listen to their stories and yeah. you know talk to them and and it should have been us buying them beers but they were buying us beers yeah. and then we were billeted that night and some of us were billeted at a local hairdresser um, and her apprentice at their place some of us were billeted with families and others were billeted with ex diggers mm. and so some guys. Um, we're sitting up till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock drinking at night. Drinking two is old. No, drinking, you know, scotch and, and the heavy stuff. Yeah, you know. port, brandy. Port, yeah, you know, all the all the stuff at the old ex. <laughs> oh, I'll just tell you one more story. No. You know? <laughs> and uh, and so there, were, I, there was one guy who was not physically able to run the next day after oh, so sick. spending the night at the, at the ex. You stitched place. him up. Bigger. Yeah, you stitched yeah, him he, up. <laughs> He left a few uh, deposits along the side of the road. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, another one was Cairns. You know, we ran into Cairns on Cairns show day um, and we were paraded around the, the ring in, uh, you know, in the showgrounds. And then they said, the, the runners are now leaving here. They'll go to a civic reception in um, uh, the council chambers, which was all very, you know, a bit official and then um, they said and then you can you can meet and greet at the playpen uh, nightclub after the civic reception it sounds dodgy so the, no the, you've, got my, you've, 
You've got my attention now, right? <laughs> well, I mean, the playpen was really a. It was a nightclub. It wasn't. It wasn't a strip club. It was. It was actually just whatever. A, an unce, whatever. It was a real unce unce nightclub yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was popular at that time. What year? Eighty six. Eighty six. Right. Yeah. So um, we left the playpen at five a.m. <laughs> And, and we're still in our running gear. Nice. You're still in your running gear still from in the night running, before. Still in our running before. gear. We, we, we basically went straight from the showgrounds to the civic reception, mm. from the civic reception straight to the playpen. Now, this was official duty. Yeah. So, you know. You had the split shorts on? We had the split shorts on. Actually, for the listeners at home, we need to put a photo up of these red Adidas split shorts because yeah. they are all time. Yeah. At the playpen, they would have gone out tree. <laughs> Not to mention the you know the the skin tight Adidas triple stripe the three stripes yeah my old so, man proud yeah yeah <laughs> any photos from the playpen no not <laughs> you know back in those days no, yeah. Instagram, it was yeah. uh, it was you know what stay what goes yeah. on tour stays on tour yeah. but uh, so the first runner was the the first runner headed off from the reserve the army reserve barracks at five thirty. Straight, half, straight, half an hour after half an hour after we left the plane yeah, a couple of waters and boom yep. four minute K-Pace yep. <laughs> and, and my team was first safety vehicle duty and uh, hats off to Greg Wilson who um, who drove first shift Greg's another um, person I should mention because uh, you know Greg's classic story is that he's a he's a two twenty nine sixty one marathoner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know we know a couple of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Greg, Greg uh, two sixty two. Yeah. Yeah. And Greg's now uh, helping organise the coast to Cozzy. Mm. Oh right. Yeah. So Greg uh, Wallace. Greg Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, on the run around Australia, the the other memorable weekend was um, Carnarvon, where we uh, we were escorted into town by two rows of fifty motorbikes, Harlins. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, because it just happened to be the um, Panawanica bikies uh, concert that weekend in Carnarvon, so escorted straight into the back of the pub they'd bulldoze the back of the pub flat they'd put up rows and rows and rows of portaloos they'd set up a semi-trailer stage for bands and for the next three days there was just bands going playing round the clock like a woodstock sort of yeah yeah um but it was all all um bikies from everywhere around western australia wow and uh they said if you turn up with your your running gear on you get free entry you know, come and watch the bands. We actually had a rest day. It just so happened that we had a rest day mm. on the on the Sunday. Well planned. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of the best organised events I've ever seen. You know, they they had no glass in the um, out. You know, in the where the stage was, uh, they decanted all of their alcohol that they brought with them into um, cordial plastic cordial containers. Genius. Ahead um, of their time. Yeah, ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, they had a burnout post, you know. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> and and people would just camp, you know, in tents and stuff, uh, 
you know, just some amazing sights. Yeah, that weekend. That would have been a good good night. That one. Well, yeah, a good couple of nights there. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, did Did you have uh, many rest days along the way, or was it? Yeah, we had four four rest days. So. Um, In three think, months. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, I think the first one was might have been Townsville because I, I think. Some guys on their day off, they went over to Magnetic Island and had a run around Magnetic Island. Right. <laughs> there you go. As you do on your day off. Yeah, and then the next one was Mount Isa. I remember that clearly because it was um, uh, Charles and Di, the royal wedding, mm-hmm. on that day. So um, that was Mount Isa, and then I think Carnarvon, um, and I think maybe Perth. We might have had a day off, or, or you know, down around. Kalgoorlie or somewhere like that. You guys would have laid low, played cards, kept it real quiet, I imagine. Shiny boots. Yeah. Well, yeah. On your shirts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, Mount Isa, we all hired motorbikes and <laughs> one person did their best to uh, wipe themselves out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Patch of gravel. Yeah. Could we, could we talk quickly numbers? Because I'm sure the listeners would be keen to know exactly how far you ran around the show yeah it was uh, I think it was 17,864 kilometres or something like that so yeah, yeah. Uh, close enough to 18,000 k's yeah. um, divided by 20 yeah. um, 20 runners 20 support crew um, we visited every major town and city on the coast of Australia including Tasmania yeah um, so a bit of logistics to get us across to Tassie, but, you know, fantastic uh, experience over there. Mm. Really generous. I think Tasmanians gave more per capita than any other state, you know, as far as... Fundraising. Fundraising, fundraising yeah, yeah right. donation-wise. Yeah. So that was awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd hate to think how many slices of bread and... Uh, <laughs> pairs of shoes. Pairs of shoes. Forex cans. yeah. All of that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, you know, roughly half a million dollars raised for the yeah, cancer foundation. So and, and so at each of these towns along you know the coast, you had an event and you were raising money, so passing the hat around sort of situation. So you guys were actively sort of pushing that cause. As yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, even at um, you know Carnarvon, where I mentioned there, we as soon as we were in there they took us straight up onto the stage and and said to the audience like the band stopped playing they said to the audience these guys are raising money they're going to come and pass the tins around you know give generously it's for the cancer foundation so everyone you know all the bikies chipped in and um every every place we went to you know it was fundraising and Mm. if you weren't running on the road you were in town talking to the locals, raising money, okay. all that sort of stuff. And then, <clears throat> as I said, Charlie Lynn was, was ahead of us by, you know, five to seven days. And he was all, he was setting up organising committees with the local councils and stuff like that yeah. um, to, you know, like Broome. You know, Broome, we, we came into Broome on a Friday night and they'd organised a, a Mardi Gras when Mardi Gras meant you know, yeah, festival party. of fate, you yeah. know. <laughs> and um, and there were, they had, you know, rides for the kids and they had 
all these different competitions going and it was all uh, to to raise money for us. Based around your yeah, yeah. particular thing. Yeah. That's it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Community spirit. Yeah, yeah. Camel Wheel, you know, Camel Wheel Outback Queensland, I think. Um, you know, school kids on the side of the road with signs that they'd made up, you know, because something like our procession coming through Camel Wheel was a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it was an event that the teachers had been talking about all week, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting their kids to do uh, projects around, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what was happening. Bit of geography there. Yeah. Learn about, you know, the major cities around Australia. Yeah, that's it. Four yeah. eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the playpen. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure the playpen would still be operating uh, <laughs> under that name. <laughs> no. Oh, why change it? It's perfect. <laughs> Can I get you another beer there, Rob? Uh, Are you going all right? I'm going all right, yeah. Oh, I'm going to try the Pado Pale Ale. Hank, grab me a Glamorama. I would if there was one left. Is there not? There's a, there's a Pado Pale Ale left. Yeah. Shall I give you that one? Yes. That's the last one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The lawn bowling's working well for you, mate. That's Here. right. <laughs> Cheers. There you go. Um, so would you, um, with, with, with the Army, in your experience, would you recommend it for people that were considering going into that line of work? Or? Uh, look, I think there's risks. There's risks in the Army now that weren't there, you know, uh, when I was in the Army. And... Um, uh, I think it depends on what sort of field you you go into. Um, you know, if you if you're going to be in mine detection or or you know an engineer type role, um, there's there's definite risks with that. Mm. Um, but for a young single guy, I, I think the army is a great start to life. You you get a lot of life experience. Um, you know, I, I don't buy into the discipline thing because you get enforced discipline in the army mm. that doesn't mean that when you step out of that environment that you've automatically got self-discipline mm-hmm. right so I don't I don't agree with you know the the mantra that some people have around oh you know it's good to join the army because you get that discipline well mm. you get it while you're there mm. you know and then if you step out of that environment but you know I, I saw some you know I saw some great examples of people who were struggling with life they joined the army and they just flourished mm. and you know there's one recruit you know i worked at the recruit training battalion in kapuka for for a couple of years there and there was a guy from western australia who um had been in trouble with the cops through his um you know teenage years and had got his girlfriend pregnant he had no income uh, no no employment um you know he went to court and the judge said mate you got two options, and he joined the army. And he was a fantastic soldier. He was. He just. He loved it. Yeah. Um, you know. He got to. You know. Do outside. You know. Stuff. He. What. He was never ever going to be happy in an office job. You yeah. know. So he got to do adventurous sort of stuff, and and you know he. He learned a lot about life. You know. So Fair I think. Niche. Yeah, mm. I think all the forces are like that. Um, I think the risk. You know, the risk these days, you know, there's, we, we just have such a problem with um, post-traumatic stress, mm. you know, from people that have been exposed to, to trauma overseas, usually. Um, 
and that's been in every conflict, you know, that, that since way back. So, so we've always had that problem. You think it's just been yeah, diagnosed yeah. and recognised? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. my well, I remember my pop. You know, he was he was um, Second World War, and he came back, and you know, he just became an alcoholic, and um, uh, you know, ended up separating from my nan, and and. You know, he would come around, you could see that, you know, they still loved each other, but he was an alcoholic and he was just drinking to hide, you know, the trauma that he experienced overseas. Mm. So, um, you know, that's been going on, either diagnosed or undiagnosed. Um, the problem is now that, you know, the, the suicide rates now are just at, off, the, off the charts and it doesn't seem to be a... A real solution. Mm. So that's that's a real concern. But mm. you know, I, I, that doesn't happen to everybody. Um, so you know, I think that there's great careers, you know, in in each of the forces. Mm. Um, but you know, you got to be the right sort of person. And um, you know, once your kids start going to school, particularly high school, you don't want to be moving every couple of years. Yeah. You know, they, you need some stability in their schooling and stuff like that and yep. that was a that was a deciding factor for me yep hmm. move, move to the sunny shire yeah yeah you Great know part of the world Rob. royal national park on your doorstep beaches and and Bay pan. well well we're gonna start that up <laughs> and southside masters yeah and southside masters yeah so so we're talking before about um People jumping out of marathon running after they knew that they couldn't uh, beat their PB, I guess. So what what motivates you to continue running and, and stay involved now? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because I want to I I maintain my function. Hmm. And, you know, there's no, there's no better feeling than being aerobically fit. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I haven't had that feeling too often in the last, you know, probably 10 years. But, but when you're relatively all, speaking, absolutely well, have. Well, yeah, relatively speaking. But you know that real runner's high where you, you know you're fit and, you know, it's that feeling that, um, you know, if, you, if you're coming into the straight at the end of a 5K on the track... You know you're going to burst off the off the bend and finish strong. Mm. You know that's. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> some some people do know this. Yeah, so some some runners know that uh, know that feeling. Um, but you know, um, I I still get a buzz out of you know running along the trails in the national park. You know, and I can't imagine not doing that. Mm. And uh, and you know, I go down and race on a Thursday night, but you know, it's not a. There's no pressure, mm. you know. The only pressure you're putting on yourself is is your own expectations, you know. And I get disappointed when I have a bad run, and I I feel okay when I have a good run. But you know, um, I I think I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, for as long as possible, because <clears throat> you know, we do what's the same. We don't. We don't, we don't uh, 
stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Bloody oath. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it work all the time. I hear people <coughs> blaming their injuries on their amount of birthdays. Yeah. But it's got nothing to do with birthdays. It's about the fact that they've stopped moving because they think they're too old to That's move. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's the wrong thing every time. Mm. Like, do do as much as you can as long as you can. Right? Yeah, and I think you know the big one for me. I think is. Um, I have always rehabilitated any injury that I've had. Mm. So the minute you say to yourself, oh, I know, I know if I sprinted off there, I'd pull my hammy. Right? The minute you say that to yourself and you know you're going to be there like that for the rest of your life, mm. then you've, you've accelerated the ageing process. Right? There's just, just one more thing you can't it's do. It's just anymore. one more thing you can't do. Yeah. You know, so why would you want to be like that? Bloody earth. You know, I just think even in your 50s and 60s, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 60 now, but, um, you know, get yourself back to full function because it's a ratchet system. You know, you, you, uh, you let that be a limiting factor and then something else will be a limiting factor before you know where you, know, where you are. You, you're creaking and groaning you well, know just to stand up you limit your options don't yeah you? yeah that's it yeah that's that's such a great philosophy <clears throat> fantastic and I, I think you know the i i i won a um australian steeple um championship for the 55 plus a couple of years ago and i figure it's because um there's not many guys at 55 plus who can still jump over a steeple. Mm. <laughs> just so just, just pick maintenance. A, yeah, just keep, pick an event, in. you know, where where not many people could do that, and you you laugh at. But yeah, so. dominate the pole vault, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm eyeing off lawn bowls. <laughs> it's the ultimate negative uh, split, isn't it? I reckon you'd have a lot of competition in yeah, lawn bowls. Yeah, it's a competitive field, that's, I believe. That's really competitive. <laughs> competitive field well let's uh finish on a on a good note that was um great great catching up and and chatting with you so thanks for sharing your story and uh so many takeaways so much good advice so uh thanks uh thanks again for for coming down this evening and and joining us uh, absolute pleasure guys and um paul are you available for an appointment i've <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of spots tomorrow morning Rob. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get we'll, a tune up we'll get the no ratchet worries. out <laughs> <laughs> nice that's one. it thanks all guys right. all right see you guys thanks man.